TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's a Leftovers podcast, Frank R. Curry and Kyle Powell. Kyle's here with me, no Derek today, he's got other stuff going on like an idiot. But Kyle's here because opening day for baseball is today. And I question, honestly, I question why I have to work every right? year. Why I have to work today. Right? Today's like the one, today's like the big, one of the biggest days of the year for baseball being game one for every Everybody. team. Everybody and has a chance to win this year. Yeah. But it's the one day of the year where everyone's a baseball fan. Because everyone loves watching opening day. But before we get into baseball, I gotta get a little rant off on the Sabres right now. And you give me some input because you work the games a lot. Okay. So you so you know so you know what's going you know what's going on just as much as I as I do. It is time for Halsey to go. It really is. I think he's lost the locker room. I think he's I think the players just aren't responding to what he wants to do because they've probably realized what he wants, especially in their own end, is too much. I've noticed throughout the year that the job felt like it it felt like how the job was in over Housley's head where it was just too much for him. He's, he wasn't ready to be an NHL coach, or he's just not meant to be an NHL head coach. Whoops. Sorry. But his system in his own end just seems like it is way too complicated for players to understand. Uh, how so? If I can get your take on that. Defensively, because it's defensively. I think the uh, the defensemen just seem to be doing too much. They're trying to make everything happen like that because you want to play a speed game. The problem is, the problem is to me they're not keeping their game simple. The simplest way to play defense in the in hockey is just be in better position than the other player. If you can keep, if you can. Keep your when a guy is coming down the wing, left or right wing doesn't matter. And you can keep him on the outs on the outside, heading all the way towards the goal line, just like towards the corner. That's good defense right there. You don't see it that often with the Sabers. You whenever they have the puck in their own end, they want to make that high outlet pass right away. If they have plenty of room to work with and they're like around the circle then you know you see you see more smaller passes because no one's on them even when you got players on them make the easy pass make make things easier for your teammates i don't see that all the time with the sabers defenseman and the only one i can single out who does that really who does it really well keeping it simple for his for his teammates is rasmus Dahlin. He, he's got the IQ where he knows it's a better you have a better chance of making the smaller pass than you do making the long pass. And I don't think anybody else on the team, maybe except Lawrence Pilot, he he does it really well at the same time. I think there's a I think but he has the other the tendencies like the other players do. Guys like Casey Nelson, I think they're getting that as they get that as well. But you just you're seeing too many of the same mistakes and not enough simple hockey playing 
I think you're absolutely right. I think it comes down to simplistic, especially in the NHL, with a, with a growing team, with a defensive core that's not as strong as a team that's, that Phil Housley has been a coach for in the past, like the Nashville Predators. Mm-hmm. They have one of the best defensive cores and have had the best defensive core for maybe three, four years now under Laviolette and previously yeah. Phil Housley, and they've been a beast. Well, Housley's never been a head coach with Nashville, right. but, yeah, he's, right, but he, he has been at his, least he was an, assi- yeah, he was an yeah. assistant there, yeah. So you also mentioned that there's not a lot of willingness to change. I also might also might attribute it to just blind faith in your players and hoping they're better than they actually are because you look at the comparisons from Nashville to Buffalo. I don't know if it's that. I, I think it's more – it's you have blind faith in your system. Well, that as well. It's it's a, it's a hubris that you don't want to change. And you're refusing to accept the fact that you don't have the player, the right players for it. All right, because Zach Marco Scandella is, no is not Ellis. Is Mar- yeah, is Marco Scandella a fast defenseman? No, he's a stay-at-home guy. Right. So it's it's that's that's where I kind of teeter this line because it's if, if you appeal down to your players and change the system because they're not good enough then they're going to see right through that and I don't know how they'll yeah take that approach it's, it's it's very difficult I mean it's this season has been a complete anomaly anyway so anything that sort of brings off a feeling of change may be good at this point it's obviously too little too late as is some of these call-ups and some of these roster moves that we're seeing with five or six games left yeah. those are kind of making me scratch my head when I see them break through the Twitter timeline. Well, I mean, you want to get a look at your young players, especially when you're not in the playoffs. So it makes sense for them to start calling some up with Pilot up, with Nylander up. And now Victor Olofsson just got called up today, uh, yesterday. He's expected to play tonight. Tage Thompson just got sent down to Rochester today, which seems like five months, seems like five months too late. But better late than ever, I guess. You see, At least he's the thing too. It's the great. Playoffs. It's great. You mentioned that. All right, cool. At the end of the season, we're out of the playoffs, officially eliminated. I get that. Baseball does the same thing too. September call-ups are yep. madness. We're trying to change that now. You get a lot of young guys the last few months of the season, especially from the teams that have been out of it, like the Sabers are now. Yep. But you look at the lines this morning. Jason Pomerville's on the second line. You bring up Victor Olafson, and you make this preach. You want to see what Olafson's got now. But what did you do a week ago? Bring up Alex Nylander to see what he's got, and you're burying him on the third line now, potentially tonight. With Connor Sheary and Vic- and uh, Vladimir Saboka, while Jason Pominville plays on the second line. Yeah, like you give one I guy know. a look, you, you you give him the spotlight yeah. tonight, and what do you do with the guy that just he has two goals and four points? He's he's looked good. His shot is strong. He's really coming on in his age twenty one season. He's made a good impact late in the season. Third line, getting centered by Vladimir Saboka. Can we not multitask? Can we not put Nylander on the second line anyway? You know, Jason Pominville, God bless him. Your uh, tenure two with the Sabres has been great. It's been a renaissance. It's like turning back the clock. But you know he's out the door. Right. He's not getting re-signed. Right. Why is he getting second line he, time with and, five games left in the season? Yeah. No, I'm totally, I'm totally with you on, I'm totally with you on that. I, I will look, I look at the lines and, but you know what? He's with Middlestat and Skinner. To where he's had success with Skinner this year with Eichel. Yeah, so I understand I think, that. But moot right now. Right, and I. But right, I totally, I totally get that. At least when you look at the lines, Victor Olofsson's with Eichel, right away, and you're like, oh, I, that's. I believe I saw some bad. power play unit time as well. I'm not sure PP one or two. Uh, Ham- Paul Hamilton has PP one. Yep. Olofsson, Skinner, Eichel, Dolly, and Reinhardt. Probably on the right wing dot. Probably, yeah. But yeah, it's at this point now. It's it. You're asking yeah, now. You're constantly asking. Every, now every move you make that the team makes feels like what are you doing, or about time with that or something. And now it's any time we see what the lines are for practice. It's like Housley, what the hell are you doing again? And. I'm I'm on the boat now where they may if they don't end the season strong they might may have no choice but to fire Housley right after the year. It may it just because just because can you really trust him to turn it to help turn it around? Even if you make have a good off season, can you trust him to turn it around? 
if you can't, you might as well just find a new coach now. Yeah, you can kind of sense in the locker room after these games, loss after loss. I wasn't here working the Ottawa game, but I'm kind of glad I wasn't. <laughs> in some I regard, I can't imagine what that may have sounded like, but game like that, season like that, after you first in the NHL after 25 games, obviously that wasn't going to hold up. There were so many better teams, especially in your own division and overall in the Eastern Conference, that were going to overtake you. But it just stinks now looking back. Not so much at the streak because fluky stuff like that happens all the time. I watched the Flyers go on a 10-game winning streak two years ago and then proceed to lose 10 in a row later in the season. I get it. It's a fluky sport. You get good bounces for three weeks, and all of a sudden you're vaulted up with nearly 30 points through X amount of games. It's great. And, but the, the, the beauty about the NHL and the point system is if you have a streak like that, and that's what we were talking about earlier in the season, literally all you had to do if you were Buffalo was play 500 hockey, get to overtime, get a point, and you're, you're, you're in the talk for the playoffs in the, yeah. in the last month or so, and they didn't. And now it just stinks looking back on this because it would be even more of a sour note on the season if you collapse like this. And then you play so poorly against these teams that you were looking forward to ending the season against yeah. had you been in a playoff position. Ottawa twice, Detroit, come on. Are you kidding New me? Jersey. That's your last two weeks. New yeah. Jersey, imagine. Your two toughest points out, game. four points out. You, know, your you just toughest, rise. You just, what's the word? I'm your toughest you games just, are against yeah. Nashville and Columbus. And that Columbus game would have had Columbus so much. spiraling anyway. Yeah, and, but even even then, that game would have had so many, so many implications. So the and sour note that already has away. been every game in this building since December now becomes even more sour knowing that alright fine you collapsed you can live with that if you go out and your young players give you a good showing in the final 2-3 weeks of the season and they're not even doing that no someone's gotta be blamed yeah someone someone's gotta take the fall for it I mean I think I think the players are gonna at the same time but it's like we've been saying. I, they may it may just leave them with no other option. You honestly, you, you might it be really right. does come. It really does come a, a matter of trust. If the if the management, and I'm not talking just Jay Sabatra. I'm also talking the Pagulas as well. If they really do trust Housley going into next after the season because they're going to have a one-on-one with Housley, Housley and Batro and even they might they might might include the owners in there too if they really do trust him he's going to stay if there's any sign of doubt I think he's gone and what the only way we'll know about it is if it's an if it's announced that Housley is staying or Housley's fired this is one of those cases where I don't think you can fire the GM as well for this. Because I do I truly believe that Tim Murray got fired not only because of what he, how bad of a job he did. I was we know that now. But initially, I think he got fired because he refused to fire Dan Bowsma. Because there was a, because there was the report that came out, I think it was around May of 2017, maybe like just after the year that Jack Eichel would refuse to sign a contract extension with the Sabres if Dan Bosma was still the head coach. And I think that is what ended up propelling Bosma to be fired. I don't doubt it at all. It's a player's league, and they really call the shots when it comes down to it because I experienced that same thing last December with the Flyers. Yeah. Firing uh, Dave Haxtell. Granted, it was overdue. He was doing a piss-poor job with a yeah. young team sort of like this that was on the cusp. They had some veterans, had some young talent coming through the ranks, and they were floundering. And Ron Hextall, who was the general manager, decided to fall on the hill and die on the hill of Dave Haxtall is yeah. my coach. Yeah. Who takes the fall? Ron Hextall. Other, play, other hierarchs step in and make the final decision, and Haxtall goes too. Because yep. the players were not happy with him. Jack yep. Eichel was not happy with Bilesma. Mm-hmm. Someone comes to Bilesma's defense, who loses that fight? Yeah. Your 20-year-old budding superstar? No. Or Never. your general manager? Yeah, exactly. No, I absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And I just hope that it doesn't become the same thing with Batro. Because I like what Batro's done so far as GM. But Housley's obviously a different story. Mm-hmm. So this might be a case where if Bottrell 
refuses to fire Housley, this might be a case where you might you you just bite the bullet and say we'll keep him on until the start of the year. We'll trust that you can have a good off season that helped her, and you two can turn this around. But this, but if if that if that comes out of Boucher really wants Housley to stay and everything, he might be on a short leash going into next year at the same time as Housley would. And yeah. if they don't get off to a good start, it might not just be Housley gone. It's it's both him and Batro gone. Even with how Batro's done so far, just because just because you have to fire Housley, and I, I don't imagine. think the and the Pagulas will not be afraid to fire Batro at the same time because they because they feel the heat from the fans. As they should. As they should. As they should. Yeah. And he, I mean, and even then, we say, we say as they should, and I, I love the Batro hiring. They did a good job with that one. He's a good he's a good hockey guy. He knows what he knows what he's talking about. He knows to play the modern game. He comes from a winning organization in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the youngest GMs in the league, too. He's only 42. He can – that's very – you know – that me, you know, he he hasn't had a lot of time. Dino Chara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perspective right there. Perspective, yeah. No, really. I mean, but Bacho hasn't given me a reason to not like what he's done so far. Obviously, there's the O'Reilly trade. There, I mean, a lot of people are questioning the Kane trade. I think those situations are just di- are different in terms of they're. Both the players' perceived value around the league was not as high. And there's nothing you can do about that. And there's nothing you can do but about at the, that. At the end of the day, you need to get what you can get. Yeah. Because you at know Evander day, Kane is going to be out the door in the yeah. summer anyway. And you were already looking to trade O'Reilly. Paul mm-hmm. Hamilton did say that they were trying to trade him at the deadline last year, and not, nothing just happened. I believe that. I'd, I'd absolutely believe that. Mm-hmm. And that's before O'Reilly made, all, made those comments. So... Yeah, and other, you know, things happen, so value can go down. We Kane had those off-ice issues, and you couldn't get a guaranteed first-round pick out of him. Mm-hmm. You got to get lucky to, for that to happen. Ryan O'Reilly, he has more value to him because he's a really good player, and he's been, consi- he's been consistently good for a bad, team, bad Sabres team. But at the same time, if you want to move him, you want to move him. Next, next thing you know... You don't move him at the deadline. Those comments happen, and now people are unsure about him. And I'm probably people that turn other general managers. They're just unsure now. What are you trading? Are you trading for a guy who's going to quit on you? Yeah. You don't know that. No. That's why it was. That's why it was so hard to trade him, even with what with the trade that ended up happening. See, because Buffalo had to bite the bullet on it that his value was not completely up there because other GMs didn't. Just perceived value does that. I don't know. It's a very <laughs> this. You just put that into a recording and just play that anytime. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Just click. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I I don't know. <laughs> Next time somebody asks what's wrong with the Sabers, just take just take the clip of me saying I don't know. Yep. It's applicable just about anywhere. Yeah. How'd they win 10 games in a row? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How yeah. do they have 14 wins in 49 games? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. How have they not won on the road in nearly three months? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a very important offseason for the Sabres. really is. Mm-hmm. For Bottrell, for Housley, if Housley's still here. But mostly Bottrell. So, you have that. Olsen got called up today. Playing online with Ico and Reinhardt, like that, so like that already. He's wearing number forty-one. Um, Nate Oates leaving UB. That was some breaking news. Was that from four o'clock yesterday? I think so. Yeah, I think it was around there. Going to Alabama, of all schools, mm-hmm. for basketball. Weird. I thought that as well. Like Alabama, really, but. What did you think? But what, what did you think of that, at least? I have to say 
that I wasn't completely shocked. Program wise, a little shocked. Not the best prowess in the basketball. Yeah. Arena for for D one athletics down there with the Crimson Tide, but they have deeper pockets yep. than a mid major school like Buffalo. And you know, a lot of questions yesterday was, well, he just signed an extension two weeks ago. What the hell? Pulling the rug out from under us? It's not holding the mirror. You had yeah, to have known that going into the offseason, when it was going to come for Buffalo, whether it was going to be in the Sweet 16 or round of 32 like it ended up being against Texas Tech, teams are going to call. Oh, yeah. Teams are going to call. Yeah, school, Mid-major school or not, low-tier yeah. low, low D1 school or not, 32 wins is quite a feat. 92 wins in four seasons is quite a feat. Yeah. A record 50 games over 500 mm-hmm. is quite a feat wherever you are. His phone has probably been ringing for longer than we could even imagine. Yeah, even before this year, probably. Yeah, and, and you know, more power to him is what it comes down to. Like you can say that he he stiffed Buffalo. He should have stayed here in UB and made a legacy. At the end of the day, though, he's a human. He has an affinity for this school. He I, he loves the area. I know he's talked well about the area of Buffalo and wanted to stay here for a long time. But at the end of the day, if you get an offer, you can't refuse. You can't tell me that if you were in Nato's shoes with the prowess and the, and the the coaching resume that you were building that you wouldn't take an offer like that. I don't care what it was. It's an upgrade. The yeah. school, School-wise, school I know they're more known for football, and they have a pretty solid baseball program. Basketball yeah. is like, eh, it takes a backseat in Alabama, but it's still Alabama. It's a huge pay raise. This guy is in the prime of his coaching career. Yeah, it would have been great uh, sentiment-wise. It's the same in Buffalo, but you can't tell me that you're sitting in Nate Oates's red Nike shoes right here like me, and you're sitting there talking <laughs> to Alabama, who ironically wears red, and you and they hand you a, they hand you an offer. You see the contract, and you're like, I can't, I why can't not? refuse this. Yeah, no, and secure the bag. Yeah, I mean, good I'll for him. Have, yeah, it, it's like it's like you get asked to do the same job in a different place, but you get three times as much money doing it. Four times as much. That's essentially what he essentially got. Four times raise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you take that any day. You're doing the same job, just in a different place. Not, but you're getting paid a hell of a lot more money to do it. Mm-hmm. That's that's all what happened. And but that yeah, and you use that too. That's what UB is. They're a stepping stone program. No matter no matter how much success they have, unless they win the national title or even go to the final four, unless they do that, that's what they'll always be. Bobby Hurley did the same thing, and Nate Oates took over him, and now he's doing the mm-hmm. same thing. Exactly right. Exactly no, it's right. but it shows that it does show that UB can recruit good coaches. It shows that. Oh, for sure. You might eventually you might find one that sticks. You might. You just might. That might stick around for a decade. You might get lucky. You hope so, but you can't expect it all the time. Just keep recruiting good coaches and keep having good years for your for your basketball team. Eventually something will stick. That's that's is what happened with Gonzaga. Something sticked, and now they're one of the twenty years later. They're one, yeah. yeah, they're one of the best teams, and there's one of the best teams in the country, even though they're a mid major. All right, time to really get into the reason why you're here. Opening day baseball, thirty minutes away. Thirty, yep, yeah, it starts in thirty minutes. Your t- now your team is Washington, the Washington Nationals. I'm sorry, it's okay. Today will be the first game since 2012 played A.B. after yeah. Bryce. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I know. So let's start then. Let's go division by division. Okay. Let's start in the NL East. All right. I have some storylines written down because I was really excited. Came in early and just jotted down every thought I could think of. And ironically, I had some NL East teams. Washington. I think they can be successful this year after Bryce as long as they stay healthy. Yeah. You've had injuries in the past, multiple surgeries, injuries, innings limits. Steven Strasburg needs to be your number two. Adam Eaton. Trade with the White Sox before 2017. The prospects have not panned out for Chicago, but the Major League Baseball-ready player has not been healthy for the Nationals. If he's healthy, leading off at the top of that order, setting things up for Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Anthony Rendon, the lineup will be successful. He's a spark plug, but he's got to be on the field. 95 games last year. 
OBP over 350, average over 300, 33 RBI. Missed half the season. Yeah. It doesn't do me any good. <laughs> Max Scherzer is what he is on the mound. You know what you're going to get. The guy is an absolute freak. He starts today in 30 minutes against reigning Cy Young winner Jacob DeGrom Ooh. for the also high-powered New York Mets. Should I call him high-powered? How long do they contend? What do you think? Robinson Cano, know. Jed Lowry, Edwin Sugar Diaz closing out yeah. the games. you got to be leading for him to be effective, though. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest thing, biggest thing, But the biggest thing with the Mets is they're still the Mets. Yeah. They have a tendency to mess things up. Mess you can't, things up. <laughs> look, at what, look at how they started last year. They started, yeah, they started 11 and 1 last year. So, how much trust can you really put into the Mets? It's probably go it, uh, it's probably going to be those two them and Washington fighting it out for the third place in the NL East. So you got to think the Braves and Phillies are the two favorites. The Phillies are probably the favorites since they landed Harper. You like the Braves still being second place fighting for the wild card? I can see it. I yeah. you know, the Braves but the Braves they feel I feel like they can overtake Philly and it might not be that difficult. Although I Philly's got the pieces. I love Reese Hoskins. Beast Hoskins. That's yes. my I love him so he's much. An animal. Yeah. Now you got him and Harper. You could go those two like three and four in the lineup if you want. That's what they're doing today. Yeah. So it's that's gonna be tough. that's gonna be really tough. And then the Marlins are the Marlins. Marlins will be the punching bag. Uh, as they always are. As if they haven't been already. Don't worry. But uh, another intriguing yeah. thing from the Mets today, Pete Alonzo, top first base prospect from the Mets, overtook Dom Smith a year or so ago as a top first baseman prospect in the Mets organization. He's going to make his debut today in the lineup against Max mm-hmm. Scherzer. He broke, he broke the opening 20... The opening day 25-man roster because the Mets and Brody Van Wagenen said, we want our best 25 off the rip. Peter Alonzo's strong. Oh, Pete. I'm sorry. He doesn't like the R. Hmm. Pete Alonzo's strong spring helps him break with the Amazons. I have him on my fantasy team in one of my uh, one of my leagues. I was intrigued by him. It was kind of a stash if he'd make the opening day roster. I don't want to play him, though, because he's facing Max Scherzer. <laughs> so we're going to wait and see how he does. Are you a big uh, fantasy baseball guy? Yes. Like, do you play multiple baseball leagues or just one? I play multiple. Multiple? Are they all for money? Yeah. Nice. I I love you know I'm big on fantasy sports too. Just football, just football and hockey for me. Okay. Those are I can't I you know I love baseball, but I don't think I want to be I want to do it that much. Summer for me is where I'm just more casual and I just want to be casual and watching my sports too. So I don't want to be tied to anything. So fantasy baseball just not for me. For that. I understand that. I'll get to that point eventually. I just I don't know when to quit. I won my league once and it was five years ago. I, I mean played if you have, sports I mean you have fun with it and you I, buy, you do it if you if you enjoy it. I'm a perennial you know? bridesmaid though. Yeah. I'll, I'll make the playoffs, but I'll find a way to screw it up. I was asked to I get there. I was asked to join a uh, fantasy baseball league. I just I didn't want to. Yeah. I just don't want to be tied I don't want to be tied to anything, especially over the summer. That's fair. I feel like you enjoy it a little more. Yeah. Uh, Central. Let's go to the NL Central now. This is a super intriguing division. I think so. And I told you this before we got on the air. Briefly. Oh, excuse me. Briefly. (laughs) (laughs) I really think the only storyline I really wrote out of the Central was a brief thing on the Cubs. I I think going into this year, I think their window is quickly closing or may have already closed in the offseason. You tell me if you feel different. It's hard to really say say so because Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo are still young, and I feel as long as those two are still in their prime, and they still got um, Javier Baez, he had a great year last year. You have those three already. There's, I don't know how you can say that they're not going to be as good. I understand. It's hard. That. It's hard to with that with that heading. They're, they're still they're still a well well managed team with John Madden. They I know they've I mean losing Arietta are kind of hurt, but Pakota wasn't too friendly for them in the off season, and I can see yeah. why the offense to me is not the problem. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna prevent them from getting some wins. They may turn into a I have to outslug my rotation 
kind of team. Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, you name it. Kyle Schwarber from the yeah. left-hand side. Wilson Contreras is a bounce-back candidate yep. behind the plate. I think these are great pieces for the offense, but the rotation and especially the back end of the bullpen is what worries me for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. John Lester is, Lord, I don't know, 36 right now? Yeah. He's, so. he's making an open day start, which is great. John Lester's a bulldog. Mm-hmm. you got to make it to the playoffs to see the best bulldog mentality out there for the lefty. Yu uh, Darvish is coming off an injury-filled season. Kyle Hendricks, pitch-to-contact guy, doesn't play very well in a swing-happy Major League Baseball like it is these days. Tyler Chatwood, I'm not even – I have to look this up. He may still be in the Cubs rotation. 95 walks last year. Pedro Strope is getting up there in age in the back end, and they're relying on Brandon Morrow to be their closer again, who missed half of last season. He's an injury-filled right. – he's an injury-plagued player his entire career. He had lights-out stuff as a Blue Jay breaking in in 2010. Struck out 17 rays in route to a one-hitter in 2011. The guy has filthy stuff, got converted to a, a reliever late in his career, but still, he was gone last year. They were able to take it down to the wire, ended up being a wildcard team after losing game 163, but that every, everybody on that roster – the offense being a year older benefits them. That's one more year under their belt because they're young. But in terms of pitching, that worries me. I could see that. Is it the Central feels more like it's, it's gonna it's the Brewers to lose. It's the Brewers to lose, and I expect St. Louis to make a huge. They're gonna jump definitely up. be. They're gonna be up there. I think they're. Going it's gonna to be the. It's gonna be those three teams, especially with St. Louis uh, training for Paul Goldschmidt. Exactly. I think they're gonna thrive in the full year of Mike Schilt too, because I yeah. think they. I think Mike Matheny got stale last year and I yeah. remember them bringing Mike Schilt on into the summer from their AAA team and they played like 600 baseball in route to almost winning a wild card berth in the central after being dead in the water mm-hmm. with a manager who had taken them to a world series in the past yeah Paul Goldschmidt gonna be there for five years yep huge America's first baseman one of my favorite players to watch and I'm glad he's not gonna be on at 10 o'clock anymore right out in Arizona because right. I think a lot of people missed out on some of his best years I'm glad in Arizona. I'm glad he's out of the division too, yeah. but that's for different reasons. <laughs> uh, Marcelo Zona, bounce back candidate. Paul DeYoung in year three, bounce back candidate. Did not do as well in his sophomore season. Harrison Bader has electric, game changing speed in center field that bodes well defensively and on the base paths. He'll be a spark plug at the top of that order. Mm-hmm. And their rotation. Miles Michaelis making an opening day start today. What a renaissance he was from Japan. Great, great season last year. 18-4, and four, looking to replicate that this year. Jack Flaherty, he's one of my dark horse, not Cy Young winners, but I'm high on him this year to be in the top five, top ten yeah. pitchers in the National League. That guy's got electric stuff, and he's poised, and he's, he's mature for his age, and I like his mechanics, and I feel like that's going to be a name you're going to be hearing a lot this summer. He may have his first all-star team, but I think he's going to do, he's going to do very well. For the Cardinals in year two, I'm I like him a lot. Okay, let's go over to the West now. I think once again, it's pretty easy. It's the Dodgers to lose. They don't win the division. Something really went wrong. You don't really know what the Giants are. You really because you really don't know every year. They could be good or they could just be really bad. Up until 2016, you knew what they were going to be. Yeah. Every other year. But yeah, they're in every other year. The too. Mets spoiled that. Yeah. <laughs> the Padres are very interesting with them signing Machado. Excuse me, I misspoke before somebody comments on Twitter if they listen to this. The Mets did not destroy the Giants' season. They beat the Mets in the wildcard game. I had it confused. Cubs oh, yeah. beat them in five games in the NLDS. There you have it. Cubs but, spoiled it, not the Mets. Padres are an interesting team with Machado. Um, they have some good young young players coming up as well. Their pitching kind of scares me too, where I don't want to fully think that they'll be a top two team. A lot of young lefties. Yeah. Eric Lauer, Joey Lucchese, Matt Strom from Kansas City. Yeah. Interesting bunch they have going right now. You don't really know what the D-backs are going to be now that Goldschmidt's gone. And uh, Patrick Corbin. Yeah. So they might be at – they're probably going to be at the bottom with the Giants. And then Colorado. My, my team, Colorado, the Rockies. I think I might be higher on the Rockies than you are, and they're your team. I think this could be a year that they're ready to dethrone the Dodgers. We may have somebody winning the West for the first time since 2012 that isn't 
wearing blue yeah. and white. I'm hope I'm hopeful for that. It's hard to it's hard to expect it. Just be just because they're offensively they're they're great. You got Blackman, you got Arenado, like you're good with that. I like Daniel. Even Trevor's story too. Trevor's story is great. I was um, pretty psyched about the Daniel Murphy signing too. I think you positioned yeah. him in there in first base. The Ian Desmond project did not work. No, it so he'll either be a bench bat or you stick him in the outfield if you need him every few days as a platoon guy. I think Murphy though, at this stage of his career, first base suits him well. Yeah, I think so. You take the glove yeah. out of his hand as much as you possibly can to say, sit here, put your right foot on first base and catch as many balls from Nolan Arenado as you can. <laughs> and you just hit your 25 bombs and you hit me 310, you shoot some gaps and we'll be fine. Yeah. I think I think his, I think he'll play. I think that's a nice signing. And I think but year two of a lot of their uh, pieces in their starting rotation will be pivotal on whether or not they can chase down the Dodgers. And that, that's what's that's what's going to be that's what's going to be it for me too. You know, it, it really does come down to their pitching. Kyle Freeland was an animal. His metrics were a little friendly. Opening day starter. He's a regression candidate, yep. but if he can overcome that again, mixed with Marquez's nasty stuff, John Gray, yeah, um, Antonio Sendatella, who wasn't as wasn't as big last year, but he could be. Another guy that's useful here in 2019, like Wade Davis in the back end. You know what he's been in Kansas City, high altitude, whatever. His ERA will be higher, but you know what you're getting? Not bad. Yeah. As long as the rotation holds up and they're somewhat like they were last year, I think. You got a two-horse race. Padres will be in the mix. They might finish above 500. I, I think they could win 82 games. Yeah, they, they definitely could. But it'll come down to L.A. and Colorado. That, that's, that's, I think that's the hope right now for uh, Rockies fans, right? But L.A. is still the favorite. They didn't. They haven't really made. They. They didn't make make as many major changes. Obviously, uh, they traded Puig. They did. He's in Cincinnati. Yeah, but. And Alex Wood. Yeah. All right. Oh, before we leave, the Dodgers. I have a snippet. What's that? Where did she go? Hunjin Ryu will be making the open today. Start for the Dodgers in. Chavez Ravine at 4:15 against Zach Greinke and the Diamondbacks. Okay. Hunjin Rue is the first opening day starter for the Dodgers, not named Clayton Kershaw since 2010. Wow. I will give you, I will Venmo you twenty dollars if you can name me the last opening day starter for the Dodgers that wasn't Clayton Kershaw prior to what Hunjin Rue is about to do in three hours. Ooh. Hmm. Can I get a hint, one hint? Oh boy! Because <laughs> I don't um, know. He is kind of a, he was kind of known as a beanballer back in his day. This was the twilight of his career. I know him from stints with the Rangers and the Phillies. I believe he was Dominican. I can't think of it. Vicente Padilla. Wow. I don't remember him. One bet. Not many people do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go over to the American League. Let's start we'll start with the AL East. The title defense. The title defense of the another Boston team winning a championship, the Red Sox. Can the Red Sox, will the Red Sox become the first team to repeat as World Series champs since 2000? Frank, your thoughts. Ugh. If there's any team to do it, it's it's them. But we all said the same thing about the Cubs last uh, two years ago. That we did. And I mean, they could. They 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 easily could. They're a good young team. Mookie Betts is a monster. He I he I think he he's one. He should be one of the favorites to win the uh, MVP this year. He's he's so good. Chris Sale's a Cy Young pitcher. And if you get a if if David and if David Price is is good, you know if if he gets a consistency out of him, yeah, I mean that's a that's another Red Sox team that one easily wins the division, two destroys the playoffs and wins the World Series again. You heard it here first. Really, it really could, and I think, I think they'll win the division over the over the Yankees. You don't, 
you don't know what Tampa's going to be. I think they were surprisingly good last season. 90 wins. 90 wins. 90 wins. Surprisingly good. No one expected that out of them. Not even sure if their manager did. No. 90 wins with an opener. Blake Snell and the rest. Yeah. Pray for rain in your domed ballpark. Yeah. But no. They held off the rain. They went with games of eight pitchers and won 90 games. Yeah. Had it not been for the Yankees winning nearly 100 games and the Athletics winning 97, they may be in the wild card. Phase, they could have been. ridiculous. Yeah, they could have been. Crazy stuff. It's, but it, it, it's going to... Depending on what Tampa does, it's really going to be between Boston and New York. Toronto and Baltimore are going to be at the bottom, likely, for Toronto at least. <laughs> you think Baltimore gets to 50 wins this year? <laughs> they have to. I don't know, man. <laughs> they had 47 last year. Yeah, there's no way they could be worse than that. Or even the same. Jonathan Scope's been traded. Manny Machado's been traded twice. Yeah. Alex Cobb is the only name that comes to mind. <laughs> Adam Jones is even in Arizona. I don't know. I don't know. It could be a historically bad season. It could. It could. They don't even have any good prospects. No, they don't. They're still paying Chris Davis $23 million a year <laughs> to hit as high as his contract. He hit 168 last year. You know what they're paying him? 161. Oh, Baltimore. Uh, Please. Funny. Let's go to the Central now. Let's go to the Central. Interesting, 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 interesting. The talk of the Central, Frank, I'm sure you know this, is are the Minnesota Twins. They're strong offseason yeah. primed to take the spotlight from the Cleveland Indians. Will there be a changing of the guard here in 2019 for Rocco Baldelli and company out in Target Field? I think they can. I think they can, too. I think they, they have a really good chance at it. Cleveland's still pretty strong, but they've also been – I mean, Cleveland just – they have not been able to get it done in the playoffs, and that, that can get to you. And eventually that that does wear you down. It's amazing, too, that they weren't able to be successful, especially last year in the playoffs, because it was – yeah, that division was wrapped up in July. Yeah. You had all the time in the world to be ready for October. Yeah. And you still weren't. Mm-hmm. That's unacceptable. It's, yeah. I don't even remember if there was a team above 500 in that division that wasn't the Indians. That team was a punching bag. That division was a punching bag, and they still had the least amount of wins in the American League among division winners. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The offense is kind of punchless. You're going to be missing Francisco Lindor and potentially Jose Ramirez for parts of the start of the season. Yeah. Up the middle, which is already weak. Michael Brantley's in Houston. Tyler Naquin could be your center fielder. Jason Kipnis, I don't know where he is at the stage of the career. If his career, they tried him in the outfit. There's, they kind of have a weak lineup. Their window is shutting fast. It is. Really fast. And the Twins are likely going to break down that break down that door and take over. I think it's possible. I'm, it's, glad, I'm glad you're uh, on the same page as me because I like Minnesota had some sexy signings. Yeah, you can't like, bet against Nelson Cruz. Yeah, can't. Yeah, until proven otherwise, I expect 35 and 90 from him. Yeah, I don't care how old he is. Eddie Rosario is a huge left-handed bat for them. He broke mm-hmm. on the scene last year. Byron Buxton, if he ever gets it together, going to be huge in center field for them. He can go yep. get it with the best of them. Marvin Gonzalez, Jonathan Scope. No, but yeah, the the twin. I think the Twins are the dark horse to win the Central this year, and even be one of the top teams in the AL. Sure, book it. You heard it here. Yeah. Um, last division. I'll go into the AL West. It's Houston, It's the Houston still the favorite. Not right now. The Mariners two and zero. <laughs> yes, okay. Houston. Houston is seen as the favorite. I yeah, agree with that wholeheartedly. How about the Angels locking up Trout? I liked it. Didn't love it from a selfish standpoint. I thought he would come to Philadelphia at some point in his career, but at the same point, I reflected on it. Mm-hmm. Really thought it was good on his part. It's loyalty. You don't get a lot of that. Yeah, no, you don't, and 
He's That's committed also, to winning. He's, he's committed, committed to winning. He's committed to winning. He's committed to playing in LA and he's he's trusting the organization can build a build a team around him. For sure. For sure. He's probably the best player in baseball. He is the best he player is. in baseball. Yeah. Like he's unbelievably good. But it's still Houston. You gotta think you gotta you wonder if Oakland can be there again. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's why I say you wonder. Yeah. You know, you wonder, too, if the Mariners can finally turn it around and make the playoffs for the first time in forever. Dude, I hope, man. They, <laughs> you know, we, we, we hear in Buffalo talk about, talk about droughts and everything, playoff droughts with the Bills, now with, with the Sabres. The Seattle Mariners haven't been to the playoffs since 2001. They set an American League record for wins. Yeah. Yeah. 17 years later. Yeah. Every year. Every year. Man, this could be the Mariners' year. They just look okay. I remember, I think it was 2014. They brought it down to the final weekend. Yep. Couldn't get it done. Last year, I'm working a Bison's game. The Mariners are off to a hot start again. I, yep. We're between innings. I'm getting Pat's here. I'm like, Pat, do you believe in the Mariners this year? Goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Until they prove me otherwise. I was like, come on, Pat, it's fun. Nope. That's, no, he's, he's it's fair, though. It's fair. Yeah, I don't... Poor King Felix, that's all I got to say. I know. Oh, he's so good, and he's had to spend his whole career in Seattle. But now Ichiro's, Ichiro's retired. Would yeah. you, do you Was that a good send-off for him? Oh, I don't think it, it could have been better. It was, it was fantastic. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. I, I, the only thing... I wish I could have seen was Ichiro in the World Series. That's the only thing I wish yeah. I could I could have ever seen. His best chance would have been with with the Yankees. Yeah, and he was there. And he, or, or the first years. year, or the first year he was there, which right. was two thousand one. No, those Something out of Star Wars! His throw from right field to nail Terrence Long at yeah. third base. Yeah. Those are his, his best chance. Those are his best chances. Yeah. But it's used, it's Houston's division. You wonder what the Angels are going to be. You wonder what Mariners are going to be. Man. Texas is going to be at the bottom. This wasn't quite as drastic as last year looking at some it's of these rosters, but I still miss some of the parity. This felt too easy. It did. Like I, the only real differences you you can see is the twins. Yeah. Really. NL East is going to be the most one of the most exciting divisions. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. AL Central's a two horse race. The AL West is wrapped, unless something spectacular happens in the first two months, mm-hmm. and we see a major injury out of Houston. Yeah. Even that might not stop them. Yeah. Yeah. Dod- Dodgers and Rockies, potential two-horse race in the West. The Central, another one, another good one. Put that up at the East. Yeah. And El Central yeah. and El East are probably the two best divisions in terms of you don't know what's going to happen. Four potential teams that could be in the mix, at least through the summer. Yeah. Most definitely. I agree with that. Yeah. You could say five. You don't know what you're going to get out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Jamison Tyon, one of my favorite baseball names. I can't believe it took me this long to say it. I just <laughs> like saying it. <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh's... I don't know. I don't know. I want I want to believe in them. But they had a they had a good start last year and they looked like they could make some noise down the stretch and they bought at the deadline. And then it just fi- and then it just failed. Best part is you can try it again with Chris Archer in the rotation for two more years. Yeah. It cost you Austin Meadows and Tyler Glasnow. He throws triple digits, and he's learning a cutter, which could be a good piece for the Rays. But that's a send-off you're willing to settle with if you're Pittsburgh. Neil Huntington, Chris Archer's a proven starter. That's fine. That's still a building piece. He's not quite 30 years old yet. But, man, if Meadows finds a way into the uh, Rays outfield this year and starts to flourish, it'll hurt a little more. Yeah, it would, definitely. Yeah, I'm, but I'm just unsure. I'm just really unsure about Pittsburgh. They're, they're just they, – they seem boomer bust. They're either going to be really good or really bad with Cincy. That's fair. That is very fair. Cincinnati's going to be very... 
if they're not going to be good, they're at least going to be exciting. Yeah. I think Yasiel Puig's going to bring in electricity to that city that I think has been needing it since maybe 2012. Yeah. Their last playoff appearance. Who knows? But I think that'll do it. I don't want to do predictions. That's fine with me. It just I feel like they would be too easy. I just right want now. spring to be eternal. Yeah. Frank, that's all I want. Yeah, that's that is fair. That is fair. Well, Kyle, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me on. This was fun. We gotta do it again. For we'll sure. Have Derek, we'll have Derek with us next time. Have to. But this has been a Leftovers Podcast with Frank Curry and Kyle Powell. Don't forget the eleven day power play is going on in July. I believe it's the fifth to the fifteenth. The GR team will be playing on July 10th from 3 to 6. I'm on another team with Derek. We're playing the very next day, July 11th, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Oh, the early bird special. And the, and a 12-hour turnaround from the previous game. Nice. Your legs it's will gonna be tested. Be, oh, it's going to be something. But donate to our pages. My page is up on Twitter. I'm at Frank R. Curry. You're not playing. I can't skate. That makes sense. I'll be working. Yeah. But But I will be pulling for everybody playing. Because it is a great cause. And one of these years, I will get my happy ass onto a rink and learn how to skate and put a stick in my hand. But I did not grow up around here, so apologies to every Buffalonian that I'm upsetting. I didn't spend a lot of time on the ice as a kid. So I'm 23 now, and I really have to. No big deal. I got to crawl before I can walk. Yeah. <laughs> but my donation page is on my Twitter at Frank R. Curry. Derek's is on his Twitter. He is at Derek Kramer 49. Donate to the cause. The 11 day power play is awesome. It's in it's in its third year. We got a, there's a lot of t- there's so many teams that they actually had to cut down the actual skate times. They were 4 hours last year. Now they're 3 hours this year because more teams are signing up to play and more people want to help want to help the cause that's good that just yeah that is amazing what the lesikowskis have done in their three in their three years of doing this uh fundraising and doing and doing this event so i'm very i'm very happy to be taking part in it and anybody who anybody who donates you're already taking part in the in the events in in the fundraising and helping out Helping out anybody who has to go through having cancer or a family member or a friend having cancer. Because that sucks. It's the worst. So, thank you for listening. Frank R. Curry, Kyle Powell, Derek will be back on Monday. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.